Hello, everyone. Welcome to our first lesson in the Kalangu English Bridge curriculum. Um, my name is Edmond Ankoma, and I will be one of the facilitators for the English Bridge course. Um, the other instructor for English Bridge is um, Bempa, Daniel Bempa, um, and I'm sure you're going to meet Bempa um, quite soon in the um, course. All right, um, so let's get right into it. Um, in this video, um, the objective would be to um, just do a quick survey um, of parts of speech. Um, I'm very confident that most of you, hopefully all of you, um, are very familiar with parts of speech in English. And, and so this will not be anything um, earth shattering, hopefully. All right, let's get into it then. So what's in a language? Um, and, and in thinking about this question, I would like you to think about how you learned English, right? Or any other human language that you, that you speak. Um, usually um, linguists like to trace the development of, you know, we call it children's language. Um, and they focus on how children learn sounds. Um, so, so they look at sounds as that first step, as that initial um, stage um, of, of learning a, a new language or picking up a new language. Um, and so I'd like you to think about generally how we, we learn a language um, and the different components, um, the different parts um, of, of, of any language. Um, and for our purposes, we are looking at um, the English language um, particularly. Um, so, so grammarians or um, linguists, uh, when I say linguists, you know, people who um, theorize um, on the way the language works. Um, so you're thinking linguistics, right? Um, so linguists essentially identify or categorize um, the parts of a language um, into phonemes, morphemes, words, and sentences. Um, now, I, I, I would hope that some of these would be familiar, um, but let's, let's just do a quick run through um, some of these as, you know, this is not essentially um, what we'll be focusing on. Um, so a, a phoneme, um, as the word suggests, phone to, to, to represent sound. Um, uh, and so, you know, the, the branch of linguistics that de deals with sounds is referred to as phonology, right? Um, so a phoneme is described as the smallest contrastive unit in the sound system of a language. Um, phonemes are related to the sound and pronunciation of a language. Now, often the phoneme is um, confused um, with um, the, 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 the orthographic um, representation of sounds, right? So the letter. Um, so you want to think about um, the word cat, um, you know, C-A-T. Um, and maybe another word, bat, B-A-T, um, you find that the, 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 the phoneme that is at the initial, um, um, you know, word structure of cat 
is different from the phoneme that is at the initial word structure of that, right? So we, we essentially have a, a bilabial and then we have a, um, a fricative. And we, we are going, you, don't, you don't need to worry yourself about um, those fancy words, but they're just words that, that, that um, we use in linguistics to denote the different terms. So, so when I mentioned um, a bilabial, um, but a bilabial is the B, the B sound in bat, um, and the um, um, fricative is the K, the K sound um, you have in, in cat, right? Um, so that's essentially what a phoneme is. A phoneme deals with the contrastive units in the sound system of a language. So you can think about any word and think about how many um, phonemes there are, how many different realizations of sound there are in a particular word. And that's essentially what a, a phoneme is. Let's quickly move on to morphemes. Um, a morpheme is described as the smallest meaningful unit, an emphasis here on meaningful, right? The smallest meaningful unit in a language. Morphemes are related to the meaning and structure of a language. So um, um, essentially we are learning that morphemes impact um, meaning. Um, a, word, a word can be a morpheme, but not all morphemes are words. This is an important, um, you know, thing to note. Um, and we might come back to this a bit later um, in the module. Um, so a word can be a morpheme, but not all morphemes um, are words. Now I try to come up with a um, sort of um, image to represent what the different the differences are um, between a, a morpheme and a, um, a phoneme. So let's take a word like, um, I don't know, submarine. You know, submarine has two morphemes. Um, we there is sub, sub as in the, the smallest meaningful unit of a word. Now sub is um, essentially uh, um, described as a, a, a bound morpheme. So bound. So there are two kinds of morphemes. There are free morphemes and there are bound morphemes. Um, Bound, bound morphemes are morphemes that cannot stand alone. So you are thinking prefixes and suffixes, essentially. They cannot stand alone. They need to be bound to or attached to um, another word. Free morphemes are essentially words that can um, stand on their own and make sense. Um, so they are essentially meaningful in that, um, in that regard. Um, so that's just a, you know, a quick, um, you know, distinction um, because I wanted us to sort of trace um, the, the, you know, the, the building blocks of any language. Um, and that's why I essentially started from, um, you know, the, the phoneme and the morpheme. So there's an example um, in the word and, and kindness, um, there's the root word or the base word, we're usually referred to as the base word, um, kind. Um, kind is a morpheme. It's also a word because it can stand on its own. Uh, and then we have the suffix ness. Um, we can think of a, a lot of words that have the suffix ness, right? Um, and then the, there's a prefix um, um, un, right? Now, un and ness um, at either end of the word kind are, are referred to as bound morphemes, right? Because they are bound to the word kind. Um, they, they cannot make sense on their own, and that's why they are essentially referred to as um, um, 
bound, you know, bound, bound morphemes. That the, another thing to note is that um, these bound morphemes um, are inflectional. They, so what I mean by inflectional is that they can change the word group or the word class um, of a particular word. And you're going to get to parts of speech and, and word classes in a minute, right? And kindness here is a noun. Um, if we were to take um, take off the, the, the bound morpheme, ness would have unkind and would have a different word class. Um, you know, we essentially be looking at um, an adjective, right? And so ness as a, as a suffix essentially changes the, the, the word class of this word, um, um, you know, into, into a noun. Um, so I want you to think about that and, and you can look at, think about examples in your, if you speak, you know, a local language, a local Ghanaian or whatever, um, language it is that you speak. Um, think about bound morphemes um, in in um, in your language and see if you can come up with any examples. Um, now, what is a word? Um, so you're essentially transitioning from um, the the phoneme and the the morpheme to to words, right? Now, this uh, definition I accepted from the Oxford Learner's Dictionary. And, and I find it really fascinating um, because it points out, it emphasizes the the the, um, the idea of meaningfulness, which is really at the center of what we are describing, right? Um, and so a word is a single distinct meaningful element of speech or writing used with others or sometimes alone to form a sentence and typically shown with a space on either side when, when written or, or printed. Um, and then we have a single distinct conceptual unit of language comprising inflected and, and, and variant um, forms. Now, I already explained um, the idea of inflection, uh, which is essentially the idea of change. Um, change in structure, change in meaning, change in word class. We're going to come back to this again. So it's a word that we're going to um, revisit um, later in the module. Um, and, and so that's essentially what a word is. Words um, are essentially the building blocks of a, of a sentence. So if, in, a, in a given syn syntactic structure, so syntactic structure essentially means a sentence, right? It's just a fancy word for sentence. Um, in a given syntactic structure would have different words performing different functions um, and each word is a distinct um, category, right? And that's why we'll be looking at um, um, parts, of, parts of, of speech. All right, I hope all of this is sort of making sense. Um, all right, so let's consider these, these um, structures. Um, Niama walks to school and Niama and the school, because there's a full stop at the um, and end of each each sentence. Now, which of these is a sentence? Um, now, to decide to decide or to determine which of these is a sentence, um, there are particular things you'll be looking out for. First, um, you want to think about whether um, the particular structure you are looking at makes sense, right? Because a sentence is essentially described as um, um, a string of words that essentially convey meaning, right? So meaning is at the center of it. But then there's another element of the sentence, which is that the sentences have verbs. Um, and so you want to think about, and there's an idea we're going to come back to, you want to think about which of these um, structures um, 
you know, um, has, has, a, has a verb, right? Um, and so, yeah, obviously it's, it's the first one, right? Because we have the, the verb walks, uh, you know, so ni ama walks to, walks to school. Ni ama and the school does not convey anything meaningful. I know, you, can, you know, the controversial ones can um, or might want to argue this, um, but ni ama and, and the school does not convey um, um any meaningful idea and so we cannot consider this as a sentence um but then also at the level of structure it is missing an element in the word class in the um conventional system of what um you know sentences should look like and so this structure does not have it sentence two sorry structure two does not have that and so we cannot consider that um as a as a sentence all right okay now um, this is a sentence, um, a Hausa sentence, um, and I'd like us to look at it um, briefly. Um, obviously, I'm not a, a Hausa speaker, so my pronunciation will be all over the place. Forgive me. Um, uh, I'll try and read it. Ina bukata taimako yanzu yanzu. Ina bukata taimako yanzu yanzu. Now this means, uh, this translates as, um, I need help immediately. I need help immediately. Inabukata taimako yanzu yanzu. Now, if I were to ask you what the function of each word here is, or what the word class, what word family each word here belong to, would you be able to tell us? Um, just think about that for a minute. Um, ina bukata taimako yanzu yanzu. Um, and, and throughout this, um, this module, um, we'll be trying to compare the way English functions with, um, some of our other Kalangu, um, languages like Hausa and, and Swahili. So this is just an, an instance, um, to help you think about this. Um, so here we find that yanzu yanzu here, um, it's being represented as immediately, right? So Yanzu Yanzu translates as immediately. Um, Taimako is the Hausa um, equivalent for help. Um, and um, um, I need here, the verb need is the bukatar and ina, ina is supposed to be the pronoun um, verb, um, con you know, um, conjugated form. Um, so ina bukatar, I need. Taimako represents help. And yanzu yanzu is the adverb in the in this instance um, immediately. I'm going to come back to this. Um, but let's look at another um, example. Um, now this is an example from Swahili. Uh, again, I'm not a Swahili speaker, so apologies. Um, my pronunciation will be all over the place. All right. Ujerumani ni inchi inzuri sana. Um, which translates as Germany is a, a very nice country, right? Germany is a very nice country. All right. Um, again, here we have words that uh, essentially are performing different functions within the sentence. Uh, now, 
uh, one thing you will notice here is the placement of the word classes in the um, in the sentence. Um, so um, it doesn't quite correlate. When I say it doesn't quite correlate, I mean that the word patterning or the word organization we have in English um, does not quite correspond in a sort of one-to-one, -one, um, you know, correspondence. It doesn't quite correspond with the structure we have um, in, in Swahili. Now, so what I mean is, um, so Germany here is in its rightful position as a subject of the sentence. So Ger Germany is Ujerumani, um, is a, is represented by me. Um, Inchi here that appears in the Swahili structure immediately after the, the verb form um, is country. Um, so, so, so pay attention to where country appears in the um, Swahili sentence structure. Now, Inzuri is nice, right? Um, so here we have the, um, the adjective nice um, appearing after, um, in English we would say it appears in predicative position. Again, these are words that I'm going to come back to. Um, so it appears in predicative position after the noun that it is supposed to be qualifying. So in Zuri is supposed to be nice. And sana is the adverb very. And the adverb is the last um, word in, in the Swahili structure. So you see that you find that the, the um, word patterning or word organization is, is, a, is, a, is a bit different. Um, all right. Um, so grammarians tell us, you know, um, so grammarians essentially represented scholars of grammar, um, English grammar. Um, tell us that there are eight parts of speech. So nouns, verbs, adjectives, adverbs, prepositions, conjunctions, and interjections. Um, I want to believe that you're familiar um, with these parts. Um, um, and so we're looking at um, these parts of speech, as, as I said earlier, to go along in the, um, in the module. But this is supposed to be a brief introduction to um, essentially how language works um, and how words essentially perform particular roles or um, functions um, within a, um, a, given, a given sentence. All right. Now, what to remember, parts of speech denote specific functions of different word classes. That's essentially what what that means, parts of speech. They denote specific functions of different word classes. Now, what this means is that there is a set organization for um, words in English, right? You cannot put um, words anywhere within um, a, a, you know, a particular sentence structure, right? So, so then if the um, the, the classic structure, the classic syntactic structure in English is subject, verb, object. And I'm sure you're familiar with that, you know, um, so that um, the idea is we, we cannot have the verb um, um, beginning the structure before the subject, right? So we cannot um, essentially invert the SVO structure, subject, verb, object structure, and then have a, a verb, subject, object you know, of sorts. Um, um, so essentially, uh, there, there, are, there is an order to the way words um, are supposed to appear um, and function within a, 
a given a given sentence. Um, and then we have um, parts of speech define word relations um, in a given syntactic structure and determine um, particular meaning relations as well, right? So, so where they are, where they appear in a sentence, um, determine um, you know what they do um, within within a, a, a given um, sentence structure as well. Um, so that's 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 what this brief video. That's what I have for you in this um, uh, really um, you know in this brief video. Um, I'll see you um, uh, again in our in our next lesson. Bye-bye.